That was a, probably a subtle jab, but it was a jab. <laughs> Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Thursday. The voice there of Tua Tungavailoa talking about how he's grown with the deep ball, and I, I guess he has. He also has Tyreek Hill to throw to now and Jalen Waddell, and those guys have rescued him a lot on some of those passes that haven't been quite perfect. We, we were just talking about this on the Twitch chat. Remember when Tyreek Hill was like, yeah, he throws the best deep ball in the league, and we were all clowning him like, let's pump the brakes here a little bit. And now, you know, he says it was subtle. It wasn't that subtle, though, was it, Tua? No, no, no. He, he's, he, he took well, he's it personal. Good. Yes, he, well, and he's playing well. And the Dolphins are, are playing good football. Let's let's talk some Dolphins and the NFL as we head to week nine with Paul Charchi, the chief execution officer at the Guillotine Leagues and also from KFAN. He's joining us on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix is a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. Uh, Charts, let's talk about Tua. We, we played a yeah. nice cut as we came back here. He's playing well now. He's obviously being uh, helped out by having great weapons around him, but he's also delivering. Your thoughts on Tua, how he's played so far, and do you think this continues? Well, yeah, I think it probably does. Well, you know, why not? He's got Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, and you know, I'm glad you guys mentioned all that preseason talk about his feeble arm and he wasn't going to be able to feed anybody. He's Pro Football Focus's number one ranked deep ball passer. He's got the third longest average pass, almost 10 yards per game, and he ranks number one in passing yards. He's averaging 345 yards per game, three touchdowns per game. So, yeah, and all the volume, 39 passes per game. I think when you factor in his receivers, arguably the best set of receivers in the NFL, I think Tua has turned into one of the most reliable, pure passers that the game's got right now. And I just people aren't necessarily catching up to it because it doesn't match the narrative that they had rolling into this season. Feeble is such an underused word these days. <laughs> I, I've, got, <laughs> I've got to incorporate this into the show more often. All right, we've got an exciting matchup. Mike Evans versus Jalen yeah. Ramsey this week. Who you like here? It is an epic matchup. It's, it's Ollie Frazier. It's Golden Corral versus Trichinosis. Epic matchup. The past two games, Mike Evans has 26 targets. Absolutely instrumental to the Bucks' plans. And when we think of Jalen Ramsey, many of us go all the way back to that, that very first game of the season, the Thursday night, and Ramsey got torched. But basically, since then, he's been football's best cornerback. And get this. Over the last five games, Jalen Ramsey has allowed six receptions for 36 yards. So for Joe, I'll, I'll do the math for you, and I'm going to break this down to per game. That's one catch for six yards per game for Jalen Ramsey. And, you know, Mike Evans is very important, but this is such a broken Bucks offense. you got to figure the, the matchup advantage here between Evans and Ramsey goes to Ramsey. Yeah, it's a great point, Charles. That, that, those numbers are incredible. All right, let's talk about the trade deadline. Happened on Tuesday. Teams yeah. kind of those final pieces of the puzzle to try to make that push towards the postseason. Of all of them, all the moves that went down on Tuesday, which one do you think has the biggest fantasy impact rest of the season? Well, do, do you want the obvious answer or do you want the non-obvious answer? I'm happy to go either way. Give me the non-obvious answer. All right, here's your non-obvious answer. 
Naheem Hines goes from Indy to Buffalo. By the way, destroying any value that James Cook might have possibly had. Uh, but I want to focus on what Hines leaves behind in Indianapolis. You've got a wobbly and ineffective Jonathan Taylor, feeble, some may say, uh, back. And Jonathan Taylor is the lead back. And would anybody be surprised? Would either of you be surprised if at some point the Colts just shut him down for lo- as long as it takes to get the ankle right? I would not. Not at all surprised, right? So here comes Deion Jackson. We've seen him get the full load twice. And he put up 104 total yards and 108 total yards and had a 10-catch game in one of those two games. He's caught 14 of 14 passes that have come his way. At some point, this thing with Taylor, either because of the injury or because the Colts are out of it, they got this. They got a week 14 bye. It might factor into that as well. At some point, I think they're going to end up sitting Jonathan Taylor. And it, by the way, could be this weekend. And then Deion Jackson becomes your go-to running back, and he's looked good. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, um, do you want yes. to keep believing in him, or is it time to drop him? We're tapping out on Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Last three games, averaging nine touches, 33 total yards per game. He's been out snapped by both Jarek McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco in the last game. He's not the starter anymore. And the weird thing is, for a guy who can catch, they never throw to Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He's averaging one reception per game over the last month. And, by the way, tough matchup this week against Tennessee. They ranked number three against the run. And there's a bunch of other backups. And that's what Clyde Edwards-Alaire is. He's a backup. There's a bunch of other backups I'd rather go with. I already mentioned Deion Jackson, Rashad White, Dontrell Hilliard, Chuba Hubbard, Kyron Williams, so many. So, yes, we're we're cutting bait on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Charge, let's talk about Thursday Night Football tonight. The yeah, Eagles baby. at the Texans. Um, the spread is gigantic, so we're going to be on props and we're going to be on fantasy angles on this one. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about A.J. Brown. I mean, really, it looks like maybe the best acquisition of the offseason, or one, I mean, one of those, but a lot of good ones. But the connection he has with Jalen Hurts. I mean, Jalen Hurts last year, speaking of throwing the ball down the field, he wasn't yeah. effective at it last year. Now he's improved, but he's also got A.J. Brown. Like, go get it. Uh, they have great chemistry. Your thoughts on Brown, what he's doing, maybe some props tonight or, or angles tonight for this matchup yep. against the Texans. And I do have an angle for, for tonight. First of all, by the way, the three touchdowns for, for A.J. Brown uh, last week. After the third one, he gets the taunting penalty after his third touchdown. I think you should get flagged for not taunting your opponent if you score three times in one game. I mean, at that point, I think you, you've got to come, right? So tonight, it's Houston. A.J. Brown gets to show Brandon Cooks what it's like to get traded to a good team. That'll sting a little bit. Houston's allowed seven receptions for 106 yards to opposing number one receivers, which clearly Brown is. That's the average game, seven receptions, 106 yards. And as a Titan, A.J. Brown hammered the Texans twice a year. He averaged over a touchdown per game. We're going to go the over 69.5 receiving yards. A.J. Brown tonight, which feels very probable. Um, this This is a Houston secondary that's improved from last year, but that just means they're not last. What about uh, Miles Sanders? Because this is a massive mismatch here. Do you think he yes. could have a big game? Would you look over on his pro? I've, I've got three plays on Miles Sanders that you might want to roll <laughs> together. I'll let you decide that. I love this. And so through the month of October, he's averaged 85 rushing yards and a score per game because Philly's constantly got a positive game script. They can afford to run, and that's going to happen tonight as well. In the minds of many, Philly's got a committee backfield, but – Really, that was last year's narrative and the year before. Sanders is getting triple the snaps and carries as the next closest runner, Kenneth Gainwell. 
And here comes the Texans. Pro Football Focus's bottom-ranked run defense giving up. They've allowed four different runners to top 140 rushing yards this year. They're giving up almost six yards per carry. So if you believe, like most of us do, the Eagles are going to get out to a big lead. The game script is going to turn run heavy. We're going to go over the 80 rushing yards for Miles Sanders. We're going to think about that anytime touchdown as well. People think Jalen Hurts houses all the touchdowns there, but he really doesn't. Sanders has gotten 10 carries from inside the five-yard line already this year. You can get that anytime touchdown at plus 105. And here's your sneaky Sanders play. Over seven receiving yards. Seven is a very small number. Every opposing number one runner has gone over seven receiving yards against Houston. All of them this year. So there's your three angles on Miles Sanders. I'd consider rolling them all together into a parlay, but otherwise pick and choose the one you like the most. What do you think? Sure. Yeah, I, I like that. I mean, and that number is so tiny when it comes to the uh, the receiving prop. I mean, that's one pass. One pass. He just gets out of the backfield. Boom. One catch. He's got yep. it. Church, big, big picture question because you mentioned Miles Sanders. I think it's really interesting, and I'm curious how you view this. Touchdowns, year to year, week to week. Sometimes to me it feels very random. Like the talent of the player is the talent of the player, right? We know they're going to be involved in the offense. That's kind of like where they stack up on the depth chart. But last year, Miles Sanders, and I think he's a little bit better this year, but it's the same guy, right? He had zero touchdowns last season. Zero. He has five. He might have double-digit touchdowns this year. Is it difficult to to forecast touchdowns? I mean, I feel like yards, carries, you kind of know what you get. Do you feel touchdowns can be random, or do you feel like you have a good grasp week-to-week on touchdowns? Well, what we do know is, with running backs, is one of the easiest way to forecast is we look at, are you trusted inside the five-yard line? And do you deliver the goods inside the five-yard line? You know, I mentioned Sanders with the 10 carries from inside the five. He's turned those 10 carries into four touchdowns. That's a pretty good return rate. You're looking for 40 50% return rate on carries inside the five. So, yeah, that's one of the biggest indicators. And Sanders wasn't getting those carries last year. Inexplicably, they went to Boston Scott last year. But Boston Scott's totally out of it. So when the guys who get carries inside the 10 or inside the five, those become pretty dependable touchdown scores. And this year, that's Miles Sanders. Church, what is your assessment of what's going on with Brandon Cooks? I mean, he's oh. sending out cryptic tweets. Like, what's going yes. on there? It, cryptic is the right word for it. Um, so he wanted to be traded, but then he wasn't. And then he starts tweeting about it. Then he's been excused from practice all week for what they're calling personal reasons. But I think they're only calling it personal reasons because the injury report doesn't fit the words, he never wants to play for us again. He faces a tough matchup this week. Brandon Cooks versus Darius Slay. He's one of the best corners in the league. Brandon Cooks over under number here is 55 and a half. Slay's only given up that number in receiving yards twice all year. And Cooks, I don't know. I mean, it does he even play? If he does play, is he disgruntled? We know he's not gruntled. How disgruntled is he? Is he trying to win? They're not going to showcase him for a trade at this point. So I'm go- I'm under the 55 and a half, one way or another, for Brandon Cuts. Yeah, there has to be a new injury designation on the report each week. Doesn't want to be here. I would love to see that. <laughs> right. uh, and Brandon Cook <laughs> yeah. to be the first be one. Awesome. Um, Kareem Hunt can have a little of that too. Yes, uh, he, he's, he'll be questionable because he plays, but he doesn't want to be here. He's questionable, doesn't want to be here. Church, uh, question the Vikings after the Hawkinson trade. At what you think about that offense, uh, how he's going to be folded in, who loses targets. I thought it was an interesting move in the division 
it's, it's, that's never been a position I felt with the with the Cousins Vikings. That's really a priority, right? They have the receivers. They had two of them, then they had three of them. Um, how do you think he, he kind of folds into that offense and who maybe loses targets if Cousins does target Hawkinson? Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up. Adam Thielen last year had 10 touchdowns in 11 games, and he, had, he was their designated touchdown scorer up close. That's what they don't have this year. Thielen sitting on two touchdowns. Uh, Justin Jefferson hasn't scored since the opener. They wanted to bring in six foot five TJ Hawkinson to be a better up close scoring option. And that's where I like Hawkinson the most is on a touchdown play. Not this week, by the way. Washington's been awesome against tight ends, and we don't know his snap count. But going forward, the t- the, I believe the usage is going to be there. Thielen's uh, separation has dropped way, way off this year. He's not getting downfield. He's not getting his open in the end zone. So that's, where you're, that's I believe, where you're going to see TJ Hawkinson pay off is, is end zone work and touchdowns, and that's how they're going to use him. When you look at the board, I know a lot of props aren't up yet, but is there anything you have your eye on, something you want to bet on um, looking at these matchups when it is posted? Yeah, there, the, I've been looking for the Mike Evans line, and we haven't been able to find a Mike Evans line yet, or at least I haven't. I looked this morning, um, and because I want to take that under. So let me just put you plant my flag on at the point at which I would be looking at the under, not knowing where, where Evans is coming in, and maybe you can find it somewhere. Um, I think with this Ramsey matchup, Evans is going to be under 52, 54 yards and possibly way, way under. As I mentioned, Ramsey's just annihilating opposing receivers, and he will shadow Evans. So, you know, I think the line's going to be in the 50s, and if you can get under that, I'd still go under that. And it might even be higher. Uh, Charge, question on the Falcons. I, I, I really like this team, and I think there's something interesting about them. I think they're going to stay in this NFC South race with the Bucks all year. Uh, Algier, the running back, the rookie that's come yeah. on here. Do we think that becomes a split backfield as Patterson works his way back from being injured to healthy? Because it was Patterson. Like, it was Patterson's backfield. Yeah. He got hurt. It's been a split. What do you think as they get healthy? Well, so they mistakenly well, – okay, let's back up to last year. They ran Cordero way too much, and then he ran out of gas at the end of the season and got hurt, and he was totally ineffective. So we rolled into this season thinking it would be a split backfield, and they try to maintain Patterson for the whole year. But no, they ran Patterson into the ground for the first three weeks of the season. They probably got hurt and went on IR. Now they almost have to go back to more of a split backfield. Algier, Huntley, Patterson. Patterson's the best of the group by a fair margin and a great opportunity today. We don't know yet if he's going to end up going. But this week, Los Angeles is the opponent. They allow the most yards per carry, 6.1. Somebody's getting paid in this. If it's Patterson that's back, you might be able to find an angle that way. If he's out, then you got Huntley and Algier. And honestly, Huntley has looked a little better. Algier's gotten more work, but Huntley's been more effective. He's averaging a yard and a half more per carry. So there's a couple of angles there against a profoundly bad Chargers run defense. Great stuff. Paul Chargian on the GetMyPhoenix.com. Guest on the Phoenix is a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com. To learn more, we'll dive into Survivor for Week 9 of the NFL and two bets we need to talk about next on the BetQL Network.